So one of the things I believe is if you if you ask in a Facebook group, what's the best market to invest into or what's the top 10, take all of those that the, the volume of what people are telling you to invest into and write that down as your do not invest in those markets. What's up, everybody? My name is Mike Shogren here with my co-host, Emmanuel Pani. We're part of a group of specialized real estate investors you've probably never heard of. We didn't start with deep pockets or wealthy families, and we don't rely on 401ks, mutual funds, or traditional real estate investing. In fact, many of us don't even own the properties that fund our freedom. If you ask the money experts out there, they'd say what we do is impossible, yet it's happening every single day. It's happening through a new niche called short-term rentals. We are Short-Term Rental Nation, and these are our secrets. What's going on, STR Nation? Welcome back to another episode of the Short-Term Rental Secrets Podcast. I am your host, Mike Shogren, here with my main man and brother from another mother, Mr. Emmanuel Pani. What's going on, E? My brother, so good to see you. Happy Thursday. Um, we are in March, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know how that happened. Uh, literally, I feel like I just fucking did a little blink, and now it's already March. Uh, so I hope everybody is absolutely kicking ass with their, their goals. Um, Life is good, man. Like we're super busy helping a lot of investors find properties down here. Um, again, South Florida market is really interesting right now. Super healthy, super strong, very busy. Um, and then I'm really excited about our guest today and the little announcement that we have. I think yeah, it's gonna be yeah. very, very exciting. And I think yeah, it was gonna... one of the highest listened um shows that we have the very first yeah, time 100 percent. he was he was definitely top five yeah and you guys will know why once we bring him on here in a minute like yeah one super smart investor super successful in business but just very authentic and um you know very giving of of his time and his information and just very willing to share so yeah really excited to bring him on and yeah. um we should make a badge for people that have come on the show more than one time like you know like how SML has the jacket. There's like oh, mm. the five time, the five time jacket. So we have. I think it's only been this person and, and Mark Simpson. Yeah, on twice. I mean, right, we did that too. That's we have some elite people up there, you know. So it should be a badge yeah. of honor. Hundred percent, man. Hundred percent. Well, uh, the only other update that I have is this house is almost done. Like it's pretty much done. The last thing they're doing is finishing the game room in the garage got a pretty sick avatar theme going in there with the glow in the dark paint and all that jazz so super pumped for that and then we just got to add some leds to uh to this uh call it a starship movie room just for yeah. various <laughs> reasons but uh it's 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 yeah, gonna be epic. Guys, i can't wait don't don't watch the show on youtube you can go in and, and watch it and you'll see that mike is inside what looks to be some kind of spaceship right now yeah so we've got the whole control module up here with the projector and it's yeah. it's pretty yeah. epic. It's pretty epic. So the the I'll be working on the uh the direct booking site on the way home and then getting the uh the listing up on Airbnb and Verbo within the next week or so. But for those of you guys that follow the show and have signed up for our free starter pack and all those good trainings and you're on our email list, I'll give you guys first dibs. I know a ton of people have been DMing me on Instagram and Facebook asking for the for the booking link. And uh, our guest today asked me for it as well. So I got to get that rolling and um, super pumped to start sharing this with everybody because the house is amazing. And I'm super proud of what we've uh, 
what we put together here. So yeah. anyway, without further ado, I'm not going to go through and read his whole bio because we did it last time, but he's uh, he's a heavy hitter in the, the STR space. He's the founder of Build Short-Term Rental Wealth. He's built, I think at this point, over like 30 different businesses, super successful guy. And uh, without further ado, Mr. Bill Faith, yeah. welcome to the show. Hey guys, thanks for having me. That's a good looking shirt you got on there, Michael. Yeah, you know, I know we, we, we didn't give E the memo. Usually E has the clean white button down, so I didn't even think that I needed to say anything. And I've been slacking lately, but I feel like I'm, I'm on the other side of the fence this week. I felt kind of cozy today. I was just like, I don't feel like wearing a button down. I just want to be comfortable. But it's funny, right? You like you realize you like put this outfit on and you're just like, this is my podcast uniform. And I was like, I don't need to wear a podcast uniform. I'm just going to wear a t-shirt today. So, but of course, it's the, the one. The guest uniform should be part of the questionnaire on the front. Please right? <laughs> <laughs> send, send us your outfit choice so we can approve it before the, the show. <laughs> exactly. I love it. I love it. Well, Bill, just real quick for the folks that haven't listened to the first episode, uh, one, make sure you guys go listen to that. We'll link it in the show notes uh, when this airs. But why don't you give everybody just kind of that two minute background on on you and how you got into short-term rentals and what your strategy has been. And then we'll take it from kind of where we left off a year ago to what's been going on the last year for you. And then we'll let it flow from there. Yeah. I mean, I got out of LTR, like a lot of people have, uh, have been in that in both the residential commercial industrial space for, for years back when I started making a little bit of, of money in my early twenties as a professional golfer. And I invested into my first duplex in California live in Nashville, Tennessee right now. I have never invested into SCR in Nashville. We can talk about that later, but the regulations are the worst and the most volatile. So I've stayed away from my home market. I started investing in the beach properties um, and basically took $126,000, made my first down payment, took a $55,000 a year revenue generating property, turned it into 112. Two years later, bought my second property out of retained earnings, never put another dime into my portfolio. Today, I've got $9.8 million in assets with $3.2 million in debt, cash flowing $800,000 a year and getting ready to uh, close on a property in an emerging market. And this is the interesting thing. It's an emerging market for us as investors. And I'm not going to name it on the, the podcast because I haven't made it public yet. Um, but there's still a lot of emerging markets out there that have secretly been sitting in these pockets of the U.S. for years. This market's been around for 35 to 40 years as a vacation rental market. And it'll be the biggest purchase that I've made um, at $1.6 million. I've actually never bought anything over a million dollars uh, before. So it's a big asset purchase uh, for myself. And really what I'm about is kind of the life plan tied into our financial plan and our family plan and making sure that we have very intentional goals that we can actually keep score with. So we need numbers, we need dates, and then we can kind of build our plan and backtrack all the way down to the daily distilled decisions that we have to make to achieve that plan. Mm. And so I love that. One nope. thing I want to highlight right there, because Ian and I talk to people about this all the time, you know, we'll do different calls or people DM us and, you know, they have these huge goals, which is amazing, but they'll be like, you know, I want a hundred units. I want 500 units. And then I always go back and ask them, well, that's awesome. Why? Like, why? What's, what's the purpose of that? Right. And then when we really peel the onion back and distill what the true goal is, I'm like, dude, you could do that in five units, 10 units, maybe 20 units. Like you don't need that many. And to your point, you know, you've got nine doors bringing in 800 K a year in cash flow, Right. So it's like, you don't need a ton of 
properties. You just need to figure out what your goal is. And you and I talked about this quite a bit a few weeks ago when we were hanging out around like getting clear on that life plan of like, what is the lifestyle that I want to have? Because I'll tell you, going from five to nine to 20 to 40 plus, totally different ball game from an operation standpoint. Well, and I think one of the reasons that people, their why, Michael, is like where you and I and E met, you know, was it just over 16 months ago was on Clubhouse. And everybody's talking about they're measuring their you know what based on the number of units that they have. And I remember I was the odd man there. You know, I'd be up on stage and at the time I have 10 units. So I've gone to one to 13 owned, back down to nine, and I'm generating more EBITDA, more cash out of the nine than I was at 13. Right. And I, I've hit this goal. My goal was to do $750,000 in uh, net income on an annual basis. I've surpassed that. Um, and really what happens is, is I think that that, that, that needle moves. Right. But you, the only way that you can keep your eye on that needle is if you document everything. And I don't think we talked about this last time. If I could just take two minutes. I've done 33 startups in my life. I built two companies over 50 million. I built one. Uh, oh, another one over to 33 million that we actually had to shut down because of COVID. And I, you, Michael, you mentioned when we were waiting to get started, I'm interested to see your your blue game room that you're doing. I don't know if I can call it the A word or not, um, but because you talk about the glow in the dark stuff, right? And so I built, it started an industry from scratch, which is called Glow Golf, Glow in the Dark Miniature Golf in shopping malls around the country and built that into a $32 million business. It's all Blacklight Mini Golf. If you go to your malls, you know, the Natick Mall up where you live was our number two store. I moved to Nashville because the Opry Mills Mall was our number one store. I moved here in 2003. But what happened uh, with that is, is that we had a very distinct goal. And I learned from my business partner, who was the second franchisee in the Pizza Hut, and had over 300 Pizza Huts, owns half of Wichita, Kansas, three golf courses, probably close to a half a billion dollars in real estate that if I didn't have intention and I didn't align with my wife, my spouse, then I wasn't going to have a quality of life. So I was making a shitload of money, but I was chasing every little thing that I could. And I didn't have intent of what I wanted to actually achieve with my two daughters and also my wife. And when I aligned all of that, we actually signed a contract all the way down from I'm going to retire on May 11th to 2032, because that's my 60th birthday or before, or here's how much net income we have. Here's how much debt we can absorb. Here's what our, our liquidity needs to be. Here's how much cash goes to the two weddings I'm going to have to pay for, for two college educations. Then distill everything down to what I'm doing with all of my investments and all of my businesses. So I still have four other businesses, but it's funny, a lot of people, you know, crypt, everybody became a, a crypto investor in Bitcoin and day trading during COVID. And I only own six shares of stock, um, six shares, not six companies, six shares of stock. And I look at a lot of people that know me think I'm uber aggressive, but I'm actually uber conservative because everything is 110% calculated to every single decision. So I, 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 one thing I want to talk with you about today is the emerging markets, because that's something that I look at. People follow the trends on social media. So one of the things I believe is if you if you ask in a Facebook group, what's the best market to invest into or what's the top 10? Take all of those that the, the volume of what people are telling you to invest into and write that down as your do not invest in those markets list and then pivot and go find someplace else. Use AirDNA, use your tools and find an emerging market 
And I can tell you, that's how I've increased my net worth just over the last year by $5.2 million in my personal STR owned portfolio, because I'm investing into these emerging markets and I can get discounts on the primary markets at 20, 30, sometimes 40 or 50% on the entry, which is going to tie directly into our cash on cash. Mm, so good. So good. And I, I remember when I first started studying real estate and I hired some pretty heavy hitters in the multifamily space. I'm not going to name drop and all that, but that was one of the things that all of them focused on was identifying emerging markets, right? And so they had all of these indicators of job growth, population growth, all of this data that you can go through and mine for free through the census website and all these different things. But nobody's really talking about that on the STR side of the house. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, we can learn a lot from a lot of the seasoned, you know, apartment investors, hotel investors, all of these things, like what are the metrics that they're looking at to figure out where's the next thing that's going to pop? And to your point, you know, a lot of people talking about the Smokies, a lot of people talk about where I am in Kissimmee. That's a whole nother discussion of what we did to differentiate from the other 30 something thousand listings. It took a lot of capital to do that, right? But if you're not willing to do that and you think, okay, I'm going to get a little three bedroom in the Smokies for 700,000 and I'm just going to furnish it and poof, I'm going to make a lot of money. You might have a rude awakening in a month or two when you're done. Just like spending um, 400 grand on a two, two condo in Kissimmee, right? Yes, exactly. Exactly. So what are some of the things I guess that you look for when you're trying to figure out what an emerging market may be? So I look at basically a, a, a tier two market. So let's just use everybody. Everybody that knows me knows I've invested significantly into the Gulf Shores market. I started doing that five and a half years ago. Um, I did buy my most recent property. I closed on December 10th of 2021, but I actually got a beachfront property in a second tier market to Gulf Shores, which is Fort Morgan, Alabama, right? So you have Orange Beach in Fort Morgan. I went there five and a half years ago because a, a guy that I played professional golf with 25 years ago, who was also in my wedding, very good friend, uh, is in Destin, in Miramar. And not only did his family and himself own the Frankista Beach Inn, which had been the restaurant, which had been there forever, they tore it down and built almost $500 million worth of townhomes and houses. He owns over 100 properties. He manages over another four or 500. The guy knows that market. And when me and my wife are going to get into it, and I went down and I stayed in 30A, and we had lunch, and I call him, his name's William, uh, I won't say his last name, William, but we call him Wee Wee. I said, Wee Wee. And he, he, has, he owns his own real estate brokerage. Can you help me find a property here? And at that time, I said, I want to spend under $700,000, which was a lot more money five and a half years ago, obviously, than it is today. Um, and he said, six, because my nickname was Six Pack, not because of my you know, abs by any means back then. Uh, he said, go check out Gulf Shores. And I'm like, where's that? And he's all, it's about two hours that way. And I'm like, why would I want to go do that? I like it here. He's all because you're not going to find anything, even at that time, 2015, you're not going to find anything within the first two tiers, maybe even three tiers of the beach. And I wanted to be able to at least see the water, see the beach. So about three weeks later, my wife and I flew to Gulf Shores and we saw 10 properties uh, in one day. We found the one, we put it under contract, we closed 30 days later, and then we were off and running. But I did, made, I don't want to call it a mistake because I think 
Uh, being uneducated doesn't mean that I've made a mistake. I just hadn't educated myself and I thought I was going down the right path. Like a lot of people that get into STR uh, and I had a property management company. So the agent that I used worked for a property management company and in vacation rental markets, we hear this all the time, right? So I used a property management company and like everybody else, they sucked. And it was started on Memorial Day, fired them within four months and then took over and started learning how to do everything on my own. And I had another gentleman that I helped build his educational platform in this industry that you and I know. And I kind of followed some leads that he, he did. And I've always wanted to stay in those tier two markets. So it's like one of the reasons I don't invest in, in Nashville, Tennessee and downtown Nashville is it's been along with Manhattan, probably the two most volatile regulatory markets uh, since 2013. But I do have property outside of the Davidson County issue, right? So I look at Gulf Shores is a tier two market to Destin, 30A, Miramar. But then even to Gulf Shores is Fort Morgan, Alabama, much less densely populated. The homes are a lot older. So I bought a beachfront house for under a million dollars, which is unheard of. Did I have to put $120,000 into it and, you know, nine weeks of rental? Absolutely. But now I'm in, or let's just call it 1-1, and I've got a $1.4 million property that's going to yield $200,000 to $225,000 in gross rent, right? So I also built a six-bedroom, four-bath tier two in the heart of Gulf Shores for $980,000, essentially the same price that I paid for the beachfront, right? But that 6-4 versus a 3-2 is going to do probably close to $300,000 in revenue. So for me, it's not about the market. It's about the individual deal that we can get on the individual piece of property. And if you look in emerging markets, think Blue Ridge to, to the Smokies, right? But now Blue Ridge has been blown up, you know, and it's overpriced. So now we got to look at, you know, different places to Blue Ridge, you look at Asheville as an example. Asheville's kind of a tier two market, you know, to the Smokies on the North Carolina side. Well, there's a lot. You can't, once again, you got to be owner occupied. You can't even get a permit in, in the city limits of Asheville. So you need to be just outside of it. So the one thing that's consistent for like Blue Ridge, Smokies, Asheville, North Carolina, is the surrounding DMA of 27 million people that can drive to all of those locations. And they're coming in from Charlotte and Virginia and Roanoke on the north, you know, east side. They're coming from Knoxville and Nashville and Louisville on the west side. From the south side, you got Athens and Chattanooga and Atlanta, you know, coming up into it. So really you can't go wrong in any of those markets. So why the hell would you want to overpay in the Smokies? Go to one of the other outlying emerging markets, save 20, 30, even 40 or 50% on the front end on the acquisition of the property. And that's going to dramatically increase your cash on cash return. If you guys don't know what cash on cash return is, if you put $100,000 down on a $500,000 property, you have $10,000 in closing, and you have a $40,000 furniture design rehab budget, that's a total of $150,000. So you're, if you generate $75,000 a year in net cash, not gross rents, but net cash. So let's say the house generates $150,000 in rent then you actually can net 75,000, you would get your cash back in two years. But you've got to add everything up on the front. And then on the back, you got to subtract every expense, insurance, taxes, permitting, everything. And that's going to determine your cash on cash. 
I don't see deals and people send me deals, Michael, like they probably do to you every day, at least every week. Hey, can you evaluate this for me? Can you evaluate this for me? I haven't seen one in the Smokies that's been able to do 30% cash on cash return unless somebody's putting well over 20% down for probably about nine months. And in my opinion, excuse my language, but if you're getting less than 20%, it's a bad fucking decision because we need to be making financially driven decisions. If we're doing this from an investment standpoint and not letting our emotional bias play into it, right? So that's why I say when you see those top markets, you need to steer away from them and find the secondary markets that might be 20 miles, 50 miles, 100 miles outside of it because you're going to get a better entry point. And if you do really well at marketing, optimizing your, your listings on the OTAs, and then actually doing some off plat simple off-platform marketing, then you're going to be able to excel and probably outpace AirDNA's 90th percentile. Sorry for the long answer. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, I don't know if you want to jump in. I feel like I've been no, hogging this conversation. I got nothing to say. Right? The thing with me is this, right? I am, as always, same thing with Mark, right? It's just like, I am always a student, right? So when I hear somebody talking about things that they know, what 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 am I gonna say, right? Like I'm just here to listen, and I'm always amazed at like how well how well Bill does things. Because to to me, what's really interesting with Bill, and what's what's a great thing for for people listening that may be kind of similar to Bill, is there is a way, right? Like Bill finds a way, and how does Bill find a way? with the numbers, right? So you look at the numbers, you're like, okay, this is what I want. Where do I have to go? And numbers are beautiful because numbers never lie to you, right? And then once you know what you know, what Bill knows, right? It's like, okay, this place here, 40, 50 miles from here, I'm gonna put this kind of experience in it. And the thing that I still remember by the first episode was that oh, coffee bar. The coffee bar was one of the greatest little tips in an episode that I've ever heard. But that's why you take properties that used to make what 55,000, 60,000, and you bring them to 120,000. Because the beauty with these businesses, with, with vacation rentals overall, and especially the way that you do it, Bill, is the fact that like then the property becomes an experience and the property is really a business of, of its own, right? It becomes a living, breathing kind of business and entity. And then all you focus on is like, okay, how do I improve? my operations lower my cost and increase my my rate right that's all you really really kind of care about um what i am curious to ask you is you obviously go through a lot of different markets what does the the back of the house look like for you so you have your team or is it just you do you run all your communication and then how do you you find runners it's all you just me and the reason that it's just, and, and I shouldn't say that, my wife a little bit, um, if I'm jumping on a Southwest flight and they don't have internet for that day, I'll text her before we get, so first, so I have a process, right? I check in at the gates, I, I fly a lot. Hey, is internet, do we have internet on the flight? They say, yes. Sometimes that doesn't work out. Literally the only time she jumps in is if we're driving together and I'm driving, uh, or if, um, if I'm on a flight without internet. Outside of that, it's all me. So 99.9%. .9 that's currently nine owned properties, one going live in the next two or three days and eight managed uh, or slash co-hosted properties as well. And a lot of people think, well, how the hell can you do that? Well, I've also got two children 
very active. I travel a lot and I've got four other businesses that I run. And I say this not to beat my chest, but to let you know that if you're thinking about getting in right now, like with one property or you're going from three to five or six or 20, you can automate 99% of this and still stay personal. And the way that you can still stay personal is I was actually flying down to uh, Cape Sandblast. There's an emerging market for everybody because everybody gets mad at me when I don't tell them what it is. Cape Sandblast, the forgotten coast. You know, just go 30 miles uh, east of Mexico Beach, which is like 15 miles east of Panama City Beach. And there you've got a place that I actually had under contract for $655,000 for a 3-2 beachfront. Find that anywhere in, in else in Florida. You can't. Impossible. Um, so this is a device called an iPhone. If you guys haven't seen one of these before. Have you seen this before? No. no never. You know what you can do with this? YouTube I am. video. So I'm flying. I literally got a new booking as I'm sitting in the Panama City Beach Airport last Thursday watching Fox News like everybody else or CNN or whatever, seeing what's going on in Russia and Ukraine. And literally I get a booking about 10 minutes before I jump on my flight and I do this. Hey, Ryan, thank you so much for uh, booking Dragonfly. I'm looking forward to hosting. I just wanted to introduce myself. My name is Bill Faith. I'm going to be your personal host and concierge. If there's anything I can do for you between now and July when you arrive, please don't hesitate to message me inside of the VRBO platform. I'm going to make sure you have a five-star stay, and I'm here to serve you. Just something like that, impromptu. And then I text it, not in platform, text it to every single guest that's spending more than $5,000 a week with me. And in most of my properties during the summer, they're twelve dollars to $17,000 a week. So that type of personal communication, you can't automate that because you need it to be individual. But I've got 31 messaging templates set up and they vary property by property from lake property to mountain property to, to ocean property. I start sending, I, I send an average, and this may scare some people, of nine messages to a guest, all pre-canned, written out, templated, and then customize for them. I use Hospitable for my messaging and I use OwnerRes as my platform. And the thing that I love about Hospitable is it has the best customization and the artificial intelligence. So like I don't have a Wi-Fi is down uh, message, but you know when somebody messages either through Airbnb or through um, Verbo or TripAdvisor or Booking.com and it goes into OwnerRes, then it syncs over into Hospitable and Hospitable sees Wi-Fi is down or these keywords and it sends the automated message for me. So it'll say, hey, go to the router. It's located here. Reboot it. It knows what property it's coming from, right? And here's a one, two, three. Unplug it. Wait two minutes. Replug it back in. If it doesn't work, message me. Then I might have to get involved on a regular basis. So mm -hmm. right now, 17 properties, and I'm in the middle of renovation with two, five to seven hours a week. So I can do that and be a dad and be present with my family and be effective running my other four businesses because it's not taking me 20, 30, 40 hours a week, even with one property, but you got to understand the systems and folks, that's why guys like me and Michael and he are here. It's to teach you the systems from not only the successes that we've had, but the mistakes that we've made in the past. And that's automated messaging, automated pricing optimization with like price labs. Um, you know, looking at platforms like Michael is uh, a guestie, uh, guy, right? You know, tremendous operating platform. All of these things that we can set up, but it starts with one thing. I'm just going to grab, I, I love big post-it notes. I like my big Sharpie. It starts with making a list. What do we want to execute on our back? Yeah, yeah. You don't need to write out a full freaking business plan, 
but just start making some lists. And then you identify what are the redundant tasks. And this is for any business. What are the redundant tasks that you're doing every day that you can pay a, a VA or pay somebody else to do and either figure out a way to automate it, either through a virtual assistant. You can find those all day long at onlinejobs.ph and just type in Airbnb and Verbo and you can find people that have worked at Airbnb and Verbo to come in and be a virtual assistant or automate it through technology. Remote lock, Wi-Fi locks, smart thermostats, you know, all these things can literally reduce your time spent by about 95%. Mm -hmm. One thing I just wanted to highlight from what you just said, because I've been getting a lot of people asking me, you guys talk a lot about systems, like what is a system? And I think they automatically go to like, it's a piece of technology or a software. What you just described is a system, right? So think of anytime you're going to do something in your business, like Bill said, from those 31 message templates, if you're finding, hey, I keep sending this message, create a template, and then automate it to send out. That's a one simple system. And so when you're going and building your business, it can be, it can feel overwhelming to like think of, oh my God, I'm going to have to build 200 systems. Just shift your mindset to think anytime I'm doing something new or something that feels repetitive, I'm just going to take a little extra time, record it document it, create some automation or create an SOP, just record it on loom of like, here's how I did this thing. Next time you do it and I'll review it. So it just continues to pull you out of the business. And that's how you build a full SOP playbook over time. You don't have to tackle the whole thing at once, but just get in the habit of creating those documents and those recordings daily for the next six months or however long it takes. And then eventually you're going to look it up and be like, wow, like, I have a team or I have all these, these automated things that are doing all this stuff for me and I don't have to do it anymore. If I, I kind of think about it in terms of if this, then what, right? Mm -hmm. So if this happens, then what do I have to do? And my goal is to take the second part of that equation and change and remove I from that. So if this happens, then this takes care of it. And if I can think about that methodology, if the Wi-Fi goes down, then what happens? When we're all starting out, that means I got to grab my phone and I got to send a customized message, right? Well, the first step is you don't even need guesty or owner res or any of that type of stuff. Literally just write out how to reboot your router and at least save it in a template inside of Airbnb, right? You can't do that in Verbo yet or maybe never, but you can also schedule inside of Airbnb. And I look at the scheduling. One of the reasons I send out so many templates, Michael, and, you know, as E was saying, you know, how do we, one of the things I think I really specialize in is elevating my revenue by elevating the experience. So out of those nine messages that are pre-templated, seven of them are pre-check-in, right? Seven of them are, no, excuse me, six of the nine are pre-check-in. And it starts with when somebody books, but then I start literally 15 weeks, no, 12 weeks out because I get a lot of bookings at vacation rentals in the winter for summer. And it starts with, Hey, I know it seems early, but you might want to start planning, especially if you're coming in the summer. So once again, if this, if they're coming in the summer, then they need to do this, right? Think about your reservations, book your fishing excursions. Here's the top three or four fishing charters. You know, you want to go to these top restaurants, make these at least two weeks in advance. You know, you want to have a private chef. They book up early, you know, during, and you want me to procure it. We need to do this, you know, two, three months in advance. All these things that hotels don't do, the Marriott doesn't do, the Four Seasons don't do. Even the 50th to 75th or 90th percentile Airbnb hosts don't do that. 
So it doesn't cost us anything. It just takes some commitment to sit down and figure this shit out and write it out and then implement it and automate it. And that's how you're going to create value by literally doing the simple video and just the communication, forget about the coffee bar, the fire pits, the hot tubs, all the stuff that costs money. That's how you're going to build the most important thing. And that's relationship, goodwill and trust with your guests long before they even arrive at your property. And that's important for two critical reasons that a lot of people don't think about. Number one is the ability to get them to rebook. Number two is the ability to recover, not when or not if, but when something goes wrong. So if something goes wrong and you have no rapport, no relationship, no trust, then guests are going to start to complain immediately. And you're not going to get any benefit of the doubt. If something goes wrong and you've built that rapport, built that trust, built that relationship, then you're typically going to get an opportunity to be able to recover. And I can tell you right now, I just dealt with this yesterday. The number one property I manage in my management portfolio, it's about a $285,000 a year property. It's incredible. Never had all five-star reviews, never had an issue. Guest checks in, went back and looked at the QC report from uh, my cleaners, refrigerator, freezer, ice machines working fine. Ice machine wasn't working for them. And he called to complain, hey, I don't want to complain, but the ice machine's not producing ice. And this is like seven o'clock last night. And I said, hey, Mr. Guest, I'll, I'll see if I can get a tech out there, but that's going to be a really challenging thing for me to do tomorrow. By the way, can you take a picture and send it to me uh, so I can see it and give it to the tech? Just open up the freezer, take a picture. The arm was pushed down. I said, you did, and I just replied to him, hey, you just need to simply... Lift up the arm and then let me know in the morning if you have ice. And what do you think the message was this morning? Hey, Bill, thank you so much for the help. We've got ice this morning. Mm-hmm. Whereas if I, I believe if I didn't have some type of rapport, the guests probably wouldn't have even sent me the, the photo because they would have thought I'm blaming them or not believing what they're saying to me, right? They can take it a completely different way if there's no relationship. It's one of the things that I hate about going back and forth only with text in platform message an email is that we don't create that rapport. So when I send that video, if they don't respond to my video, introducing myself, then I will wait a few days, typically three, four days, and I'll set a calendar reminder and I will pick up the phone and call them so I can have a conversation with them. And I think this is a really important element that a lot of people miss on that hospitality because this is how we're creating value. Specifically if we're asking them how we can help them and how we can help them prepare for their trip. And it's the same thing if you have a a two-bedroom apartment in downtown Boston or Chicago or whatever. You know, if I'm going to Chicago, and I love to eat, Michael, as you saw when you were here for a couple of days, and I've got proof for that. My wife and I plan most of our vacations around traveling to go to food cities. You know, we talk about the North End. Man, when I go to Boston the next time, because I know I I go to the same place, Victoria Il Panino in the North End all the time, I'm going to hit guys up like, Mike and say, Hey, is there any place new I need to go try? Give me like three and I'll hit all three in the first night. If a host would do that, they're going to earn a tremendous amount of loyalty from me before I even get there. Yeah. So good. You know, so many nuggets from that. What's really, what's really interesting is this, right? And this is what I've been thinking about as, as you're like kind of speaking about that. It makes so much sense why your properties perform so well. Also, because for a couple of reasons, right? Like you buy them well, and then you you add this little extra experience to it 
but this is what I want people to understand is that this is how you differentiate yourself in any market. Meaning, even if you're like, yeah, Bill, that sounds great. I don't want to invest out of my primary market because X and Y. Great. You can still do everything Bill was just talking about. And that's how you differentiate yourself. Differentiate yourself. That's a hard word today. Differentiate yourself in a very competitive market. Because the reality in a very competitive market is that it's very crowded in mediocrity. If you start going the extra mile, you will look up and the field is empty. And this is the same in every market. Every market, even the most competitive markets are most competitive in mediocrity. So if you go into the mediocre level, that's where you have the most competition, always. But if you are able to create a unique experience and have a unique selling point, and this could be your unique selling point, right? Like this, this little concierge kind of aspect of it, this customized message, this personalized food and restaurant, right? This could be your wow experience that to somebody would be worth so much more than a green Instagrammable wall in the apartment where the rest of the experience is absolute shit, right? So understanding that like, maybe you have a property, you're like, it's not that great of a property. Awesome. Can you do what Bill is talking about to create the wow experience, to win raging fans? Because at the end of the day, a bad is a bad. But if you can somehow create the wow experience with the property that you have, and that's why Mike is going to win up in Orlando, right? It's an amazing property. It's above everything else. And then once you bring in the customer service and the experience and the systems, that's what's going to bring him to that part of the field that has nobody in it. You are so dead just on e. um, I had a client named Dee Patel, who was a general manager of the Hermitage Hotel here in Nashville, Tennessee. Michael, I'm going to introduce you to her. Actually, she's not going to be here when you come back, but I'm going to take you by this hotel. It's the only five-star, five-diamond 27 years in a row being a five-star, five-diamond hotel. It's the only one in the state of Tennessee. Um, and she was a client owned a $9 million ground transportation company. She was a client. I, I didn't like her a whole lot when, when I first took her on as a client because they were so demanding. She became one of my best friends as a client. And she spoke at a conference I hosted 2019. And she talked about the most important thing that she implemented when she became general manager and it was the plus one and her definition of the plus one and they talk about it every single shift change before the staff from the the, the housekeeping team to the chefs to the front desk to the management team to the doorman they need to make somebody unexpectedly happy that could be a guest and it can be a, a co-worker and they have to impact one a guest and a co-worker every single day on that plus one so i've i owned a, ground, a limo company a ground transportation company right so i had them before i sold for four and a half years as a client and i kind of took that and embedded that into my ground transportation company that was one of my big separators i taught my chauffeurs my dispatchers everybody that my sales team everybody that interacted with other human beings that we need to do that. Now, my wife tells my two daughters, hey, make somebody smile today when we drop them off at school. That's our thing every single day. 
So I look at his hosts. How do we take $125 a night, you know, property and turn that into $175 a night property? It's the things that he just said, but how do you make your guests smile every single night that they're there, every single day that they're there? So I look at the plus ones that you can put in your properties. It blows me away that the high percentage of people that don't leave a welcome gift or even a thank you card or a welcome card, you know, for when guests check in. Um, you know, instead, you don't need to advertise everything that you're doing in your listing. Take your s'mores kits for your, you know, take s'mores, take the graham crackers and the marshmallows and the Hershey's chocolate bars that are sitting in the pantry or whatever. Spend $1.92 and buy a ribbon and some plastic and literally send it to your cleaners and have them wrap it up or you wrap them up and then have your cleaners set them on the counter and then spend like nine or ten dollars on Amazon and buy a s'mores little wood sign and put it on the kitchen counter or the backsplash. And then that way, don't put it in your listing. So when they walk in, they want to go to the fire pit and they've got kids. They say, oh my God, look at this. They've got s'mores kits for us. That little shit, that little thing can add 10, 15, $25 to your ADR by doing something very, very small like that. So you think about it. If you have a $125 property, you're probably going to be between like two to six occupancy, right? So let's just say you're six on the high end. So if you need a s'mores kit that's going to supply six, that's probably like five bucks max. What if you can raise your ADR to where everybody's paying 25 and probably only 25 to 30% of the people are going to use the kit? So this is how you take the hospitality and focus it back into your financials. And then you have like what he said, and I'll be done here in just a second. The one thing I want you to understand, my thought process, when I put in the coffee bar and understand, I don't drink coffee. So I had to go to my coffee aficionados and say, hey, what do I need? And when, when he says coffee bar, 18 different types of K-cups, three different types of, of uh, ground coffee, three different types of beans. Yes, I know enough to have my uh, cleaners rotate those out every couple of days, even if they're not used. So they stay fresh. Frother, French press grinder, all the shit. And it's like coffee for six months and everything was less than 700 bucks. Raise my ADR. I think it was about $27 or 30 bucks at every single property once I instilled it. But it also does something more important. It gives me another avenue to be able to market, right? So every, when I'm buying property, I'm looking and I'm analyzing from the time I see it for the first time, how am I going to position this? How am I going to market this? When I'm adding an amenity, how am I going to market this? Because as he said, if you're flatlined, if you're in that 50th to 75th percentile in the Smokies, you got no chance. If you own that two-bedroom in Kissimmee down the street from Michael's Mac Daddy space blue alien, you know, kind of superheroes theming that he's got going on, you're not going to be able to compete. And that's one of the problems where people default and they think about they can't make money in saturated markets. You can make money in Kissimmee. You can make money in Kissimmee with a two-bedroom condo. But you got to have more than all the other amenities in the same four walls that everybody else is putting up on their listing. Yeah. It's like Michael's house. What did you say, Michael? It's an 11 or 10 bedrooms in a loft or something like that. There's hundreds yeah. of those in Kissimmee and Davenport and at Champions Gate. It's when you see what he's doing inside of this property and the hosting side outside of just what happens inside of those four walls is how you elevate to 30% and 50%
above the top line of what Airbnb is saying. So when I look at a property and it says it's going to do $100,000 in revenue, I know automatically once I've seen the canvas that I can paint, once I've seen the property, I'm counting, okay, is this one going to be 30% over 90% Airbnb? Or is it, am I going to be able to push this to 50 or 60%? Because of all the other stuff. It's not about the property. It's about what we put into it. And most importantly, about why people are coming. And, and Michael's property, from what I've seen, is going to be freaking amazing. That's why I asked him for uh, the link. I would love to take my a small mastermind group that I have down there to state his property. But it's still not the number one reason that I'm coming down there. I'll do it to support a friend because the place is super cool. Why would I be making the decision to go to Orlando? Because of Disney or because of golf? So the last thing I'll leave you with is you got to understand that our properties are secondary. What's around our property is the decision-making process of why somebody is renting from us because they have, they're coming to our location. I don't know anybody that's just gone and searched for the coolest Airbnb or BRBO and said, oh, honey, hey, let's go vacation here. Or you know what? I'm going to go on a business trip because that apartment is super cool, you know, in downtown St. Paul, Minnesota. They're going to visit Medtronic or whatever it is up there, and then they're going to look for your cool apartment. So if you keep yeah. that in mind and understand that's part of your marketing and your branding package is what's going on around. And I promise you a big deal for Michael outside of all the money and all the awesome theming he's doing inside of this house is going to be proximity to Disney because that's why people are coming. And the closer you are, the better off you're going you're gonna to be because you're going to be able to raise your ADR. If Michael's five minutes away and I'm 15, I got no chance. I yeah. paid a premium for this property because it's the closest resort to Disney for that reason. Yeah. Exactly what he just said. Yeah. And one thing that I just want to, no, I'm closer than champions. I'm nice. 10 minutes closer than champions gate. So the, the thing that I want to highlight before we wrap it up and have our, our fun announcement here is all the stuff that bill was talking about. Think logically for a second. If you do all those things, what your goal is for everything is to provide the guest ex best guest experience possible. When you're going through and reviewing properties and you're looking at all of them and you're comparing to, and maybe bills is a hundred bucks a night more expensive, but you're reading his reviews and it's saying best Airbnb experience ever you're going to, Bill's going to get those bookings, right? You want those reviews to be like, this was the best experience I've ever had staying at an Airbnb or Verbo or a short-term rental in general. When you do that, just by doing a few of those simple things, like the video thing alone is going to set you apart. If you do those things, that's what's going to increase your ADR because you can charge more if people know that they're going to get a better experience. There might be bigger houses around here. There might be cool things here and there. But if I consistently get those reviews, that's what's going to make people book my place. So I just wanted to highlight that. Michael, you're 100% correct. I Can I read a review for you? I launched a, a new property, uh, the house that I mentioned earlier that I built, a six-bedroom, four-bath, brand-new construction in Gulf Shores, Alabama. Um, and before I read the review, I want to share one. So I bought the lot in January of last year, and it's tier two. So Beach is here. There's West Beach Boulevard, and then there's my house. But there's four open lots in front of me. I'm essentially, I market it as almost beachfront. 
I'm 50 yards from the beach where you're going to set up your stuff, but there's no houses in front of us. My guests walk directly across that lot, the four lots. They don't have to walk down the street and cross over. And I have unencumbered views. How do I, how did I know that was going to happen? What's keeping somebody from going in and, and building right in front of me? Because of the fact that I did my research and I found out the LLC that owned that and found a living trust associated with it with kids that were 11 and 14 years old. So I believe I've got at least 10 years and probably 15 years by doing my deep research. So I bought this lot, built the house, and now I've got literally a two hundred dollars to $300,000 a year property. If there were houses right in front of me today, it's probably one eighty-five dollars to two hundred. dollars So that's part of the evaluation process. But here's my first review that I got on that house in December I want to read to you guys. This is from Christine and Scott. Stay here. Here is in all caps. Stay here unless you are allergic to comfort and luxury. Bill and Bria built an amazing new beach house that is fully loaded with really everything you can imagine. The house looks like it's straight out of the last two minutes of an HGTV show and the location is perfect. The kids love the heated pool, large Connect 4 bikes, and of course cornhole. And my wife loved the coffee bar. We will be back for sure as this is the nicest and cleanest beach house we've ever stayed in on the Gulf. The very first. Oh, yeah. And hey, I think I think what makes it amazing about you, it's, you remind me of something that my marketing professor in college used to talk about. A lot of brands, when they're up and coming and they're not sure and they want to kind of like, fake it till they make it, they over-promise and under-deliver, which is actually how you die, right? Because then you hype it, hype it, hype it, and then people are disappointed. She's like, for you to be unique and sustainable on the long term, you instead have to do always the opposite. You under-promise and you over-deliver on every aspect, every single time, in every way. And that's how you gain raging fans. And that's the clear example, right? Everything that is in your listing, you're still under promising because there's still so much more, but in this age of like Instagram and this branding, so many people are like, I'm going to put everything I have on paper, even if it's not true. Whereas in reality, you need to leave some suspense, some surprise because the surprise is what makes it memorable. Right. Because we're so ingrained in the fact that like when you're surprised, it's such a rare thing now to be surprised. Right. You're not surprised very often. So if you can deliver surprise. In a, in a container of a like, unique and amazing experience already. That's going to be epic. And that's going to be one of those things that the family is going to talk about. Like, hey. You know what I was just thinking about? Do you remember the one time we went to the property on the Gulf? And we had no idea that there was going to be a golf cart there. And we used to drive the golf cart to the beach every morning, just me, you, and dad. You remember how awesome that was? What value does that have? How else are you going to provide that? If instead you have everything there, everything advertised, and then they get there and the golf cart is out of battery. Ugh. Right? You're 100% correct. You know, and that's magic. I think that's really like what makes the properties so much more ADR per night is the over delivery and the under promising in all aspects, right? They don't expect the message. They don't expect the six emails leading up to the stay. 
They don't expect you to tell them like, hey, look out, make reservations here because it books out or this chef is amazing, but he books out early. They're all things that they're like, oh my God, this guy is over delivering over and over and over and over. So how, how don't you get raging fans? And I think one thing that becomes really important, like in this review, and this house is very nice. I mean, and Michael and I kind of have a competitive advantage because we're married to really good interior designers. <laughs> uh, but if you if you really take a piece out of interior design and you look at the the really high ADRs, like what Michael was saying, a lot of people will get stuck in their mentality of my house is smaller. You know, I don't have as good of a location. Interior design and furnishings have a lot to do with your ADR. I've got a gentleman in my mastermind group named John Hodge. He's in Memphis, Tennessee. He owns over 127 units there. And he has increased his gross profit margin, basically his, his rental income, um, by 30% plus since he started hiring an interior designer out of Miami down in, in E's neck of the woods and started trying to create his smaller one and two bedrooms in the urban part of Memphis, downtown Memphis. We're not talking like a suburb of Germantown or Collierville, but to the level of like when I was designing, you know, my five, six bedroom homes. And he's seen his profit skyrocket by 30% plus. So I think one of the mistakes that I see, and Michael, I'm sure you see it with your students too, is that people get involved in this, that one, they don't allocate enough budget for design post-close when they've acquired a property. But two, they always try to do it on the cheap. It's kind of like the, the afterthought, oh, I can I buy this stuff? Where can I get the best deals? Can I buy stuff at you know thrift stores and discount stores and Facebook Marketplace? And that type of stuff, go buy your bed and, and, you know, spend 600 bucks, but get a great mattress and then great European throws and, you know, furnishings and duvets on top of it. Uh, but I can tell you the, the, the finishes, just like when you're building or buying a house, the finishes that we put into our properties are going to make a huge difference. And if I went through and, and read more reviews, and I'm sure Michael has and E have similar things, those finishes are really important specifically, probably not as much to us as the guys, the fathers, the husbands, but to our wives. And if you really look at your portfolio and understand who's booking, unless you're like in the business travel urban area, if you're in vacation rental markets, like the three of us are and that type of stuff, it's typically going to be the mom. Uh, that's And she may not own the profile, but she's the one that's looking. She's the one that's making the decision. And that goes back to something I learned, Michael, um, when you couldn't be here and you remoted into my boot camp in June of last year that I learned from TJ to Johnny. And I had never even thought, and I have some pretty large kitchens to open, pull my drawers out, open up my cabinets and take photos of everything that we have in there. And I've done it ever since. And now I actually build out a key where I'll have the picture, the overall picture, and I'll use Canva and draw lines and say, here's where the wine glasses are. Here's where, you know, the blender is, all that type of stuff. And that's great for utility for our guests once they've arrived. But I can't tell you how many people in the either the pre-booking communication or the immediate post-booking communication that said, you have a beautiful house. But one of the reasons we decided is we saw how much stuff you have stocked in your laundry room and your game room and most importantly in your kitchen, because we're used to going to properties that have old stuff and half of it's missing. 
Those small things, my friends, is what's going to make a huge difference, especially if you want to level up. Yeah. And I think oh, also- yeah, I literally did that last night. I went and inventoried all the stuff in my kitchen and took all those shots so I could have that ready to go when I build it because it and is huge. And here's what I want people to understand. I'm the high-end luxury guy. I'm the one that teaches you how to get bigger properties. I'm doing the same shit on my own. And I learned this from an arbitrage guy, you know, and TJ's great. He's exceptional, but he's dealing in much lower price points. So he figured out that's a huge selling point that I never even thought of. I'd overlooked it, but now I've incorporated it and Michael's incorporating it in a huge property as well. And that's how we all lift each other up. Which is also exactly what I was saying, right? Like for, for TJ, it's a way for him to differentiate himself in those lower price points where the competition, there's not as much uniqueness. So people are looking for that extra mile on the service, right? And then another thing, guys, is just like, this is a huge pet peeve of mine, which I'm glad Bill kind of brought up. How you furnish places, it's you showing to your guests how much you care about them and their money. Do not, for any reason, buy used furniture. And the reason I'm saying that is because if I am your guest and I realize that, like, Think about how you would feel, right? Where did you get that? Goodwill. And then I just vacuumed it. And here it is for you. Wouldn't you feel grossed out that you're spending $150, $200, $300 and somebody is bringing you used things? Like, come on. Have some respect for the people that are, like, spending money. Because, again, the way that I've survived for the past 12 years is that sometimes making money is not as important is taking care of my guests. But that's why I have guests that have been coming to me for 12 years, right? I have guests that I haven't lost. They come in every season through COVID. They still find a way to drive down, right? Because I care. You have to care, especially if you're trying to do it the way Bill is doing it, the way Mike is doing it, the way I'm doing it, and you want to do this for the long term. If you don't want to do this for the long term, you're just looking for cash flow for a year, go for it. But to me, business is about longevity. And if you need longevity, you have to respect people. You can't just take the profit, take the extra cash flow, take, 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 and then not take care of people. That's just not right to me, you know? Amen. Mm. I love it. Well, we've gone way longer than we typically do on these shows, which I figured would happen when we had Bill on because he's always full of nuggets. But, uh, Bill, why don't I, why don't I get chicken nuggets or educational <laughs> nuggets? What are you referring to there? Oh, oh, the good stuff. The good stuff. Educational nuggets. <laughs> so uh, we've been we've been holding off on this. Uh, Bill and I have been talking about this for a couple months now and kind of sharing some ideas. And um, I ended up going down there to hang out with him in Nashville, whatever that was, two three weeks ago. Weeks ago. And and. Uh, got everything buttoned up. So I, I want to let you share it. Cause I feel like, um, one, I'm super grateful for what we're putting on, but if we wouldn't be able to do it without you. Right. And so I think it would be fitting for you to kind of announce what we've got going on and, uh, we'll go from there. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. And I'm super excited for, so Michael and I have put a partnership together that really is manifested back almost nine months ago, June of, uh, eight months ago, June of last year. 
And uh, I've always wanted to put on a, uh, a mega conference, but I wanted to do it my way. And what I mean by that is I want, if anybody's familiar with Grant Cardone's 10X, Russell Brunson's Funnel Hacking Live, I want it to be exciting. I want it to be entertaining. I want it to be lively. And I want it to have the absolute best education this industry has ever seen. Um, and I want to make it affordable. And the cool thing is Michael and I aligned 100% um, on that vision. So um, I'm pretty excited to announce the STR Wealth Conference June 6th through the 8th in Nashville, Tennessee. You can go to strwealthconference.com, strwealthconference.com and get your tickets. Um, there's going to be a thousand hosts uh, that we're going to be entertaining. Uh, we'll have a, a, a kick-ass opening party uh, on June 6th. So you can fly in June 6th education all day on the 7th on the 8th i don't know when this is going to be released hopefully there's some vip tickets left um i'm sure this stuff's going to go very very fast i mean we're we're, we're flying in julie george the million dollar host from australia tj Tajani, the king of burr uh from houston texas that we just talked about uh we've got uh chris ledwidge uh the title sponsor the lender if you need financial help uh with your next str uh, we have Kenny Bedwell, uh, founder of STR Insights, which is the data that I use, which I believe is the strongest data in our industry to make evaluation and emerging, identify emerging markets. Uh, Stacey St. John, um, Rachel Gainsburg, we've got Noble Crawford. We have an unbelievable lineup plan. We've got more to announce with more, a couple of more secret vendors, uh, some big entertainment announcements here in the next couple of weeks and rounding out. Uh, the speaking sessions. Um, it's not going to be like going to an old rundown hotel. This is going to be electric. And it's the biggest event that is host specific, investor specific, that will have happened since 2015 when Airbnb uh, hosted their conference in San Francisco. Um, Bill, the question I, I couldn't be more excited. The question that everybody wants to know is how many different kind of coffees are you going to have? Uh, that's a good question. <laughs> well, I think we're, I'm going to leave that up to our coffee sponsor, uh, who hopefully we'll be able to announce here in the next week or so. Um, but I would imagine there won't be 20 different types of coffee. Yeah. But here's the other cool thing, Ethan, I'm going to share with you. It is the CMA Music Festival week in Nashville. It's the busiest, biggest week of the year. So we go Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and if you're a country music fan, right behind, out the Mike saw this, right out the back window of the VIP lounge, you're gonna see the biggest country stars playing music while we're in our event. And on Thursday, after we're done, we're talking the top 25 country stars in the industry, Garth Brooks, Taylor Swift, Luke Combs, they're right across the river in Nissan Stadium for the biggest country music festival of the year put on by the CMAs. And the venues, the Wild Horse Saloon, which is the most iconic music venue, um, you know, in Nashville. And it is, as Michael saw, it is right in the heart of the mix. There will never be anything like this in our industry, I promise you. It is going to be off the freaking chain. I can't wait, guys. Like, I'm, I was blown away when I was down there with Bill. We went in there. We filmed a bunch of stuff. You can check all up. Uh, all the, the videos that we did at strwealthconference.com. So you'll actually get to see the venue, but it is unreal. Like it is unreal. 
like all the audio video 20 foot screens music there's all sorts of games like it is just it is not a conference it's an event and so i was super pumped when you know bill and i were talking about this and figuring out you know like he was saying sharing that vision of creating an epic experience for hosts and operators and i am so excited and so confident in this event um that you guys just need to get there right and the super early bird pricing we've only allocated uh, a couple hundred tickets for this 300 and bill and i yeah and bill and i have uh you know given our coaching members kind of first dibs on it and they're going quick and so super early bird pricing is only 397 bucks so again making it ridiculously affordable if you want the vip experience that's 2497 there's only 20 of those seats and we've already sold out eight in the last 24 hours 25 so, seats, actually 25 vip 25. so the one thing I'll, I'll tell you is we're filming this on thursday i think you're releasing this like monday yeah um as of right now, almost 100. So you said 200, 100 of those super early birds are already gone. Um, and we've only made it available to Michael's mastermind and my mastermind. Um, I was actually not any of our speakers announcing yet. Nobody has said anything. And like, I am expecting TJ, especially TJ has a big old group of people that will come. So literally, guys, if you're listening to this on Monday, bounce on it, because as soon as TJ puts it, up and julie puts it up with the, how much content these guys have been putting on clubhouse and it's nashville which is again one of the most fun cities in america i think i remember i was mostly hangover most of the time <laughs> but that is my intention this time as well so i'll be there as well and we'll just have a blast and i'm really looking forward to it so don't wait because again, like if you've been in any of our clubhouse rooms, if you listen to this podcast, if you've been in Bill's community, you know how we deliver and we, you know how we give. And literally, I think people are going to be taking advantage of what they learn in those two days for the next 12 to 18 months following that event, making it probably the best SDR year for them that they've ever had. And I'll tell you, come for the education and stay for the entertainment. You will, if you've never been to a CMA music festival, and I think what Michael didn't understand is literally a hundred yards from Broadway is Luke Bryan's Florida Georgia Line, John Rich's, Jason Aldean's, and they're all going to, if you're into country music, they will all be playing inside of their honky tonks. So when we get done at like five, six, seven o'clock at night, you just walk down there. And by the way, this isn't like a regular conference. We're feeding you. We're going to have some adult beverages on the opening party. Michael and I are putting our money where our mouth is. And I'll just, I have no, I'm, I'm, I'm transparent, man. I was a little bit nervous when we started, but I'm not anymore. We're, Michael and I are putting $125,000 each, a quarter of a million dollars at the beginning budget. That won't be the end budget to put it on, to give you drinks, give you food. Incredible freaking entertainment at the party and bring in the best education from all over the world to where you can get your biggest bang for your buck. The only tip I'm going to give you is book your hotel early. Everything's at strwealthconference.com, strwealthconference.com. Um, and I look forward to seeing you guys here. Yeah. And if you don't like oh, oh, country music or you're in the, on the fence of country music from personal experience, 
the more you drink, the better country music sounds. So you'll be fine. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Here's what people don't understand about Nashville. I mean, Jackson, <laughs> it's, it's, rock in, in Nashville. it's everything, man. I mean, it's in, it's unbelievable. The music. Amazing talent just walking, even like going around the hockey towns during the day. You just find those people trying to make it. And and I remember being in on Broadway, just walking around the bars, like probably two or three o'clock in the afternoon. And there was this guy there singing his ass off. And it was just the most amazing thing. Cause you're like, you should be in a bigger venue. Like you're just ridiculous. And it's just like the level of talent that is in Nashville. It's kind of like LA for country singers, right? It's just like, everybody goes there because that's where you make it. It's nasty. That's all I can say is it's like Janet Jackson nasty because Michael and I were walking to lunch, right? And we were literally walking down Broadway and I'm like, dude, we need to go in here. There, It wasn't like Garth Brooks or Dirk Smelly. They were freaking singing GNR. Got some Guns and Roses going on in there. It's everything. And it's wow. going to be insane. Wow. And I know Michael's excited about it. And I'm excited to be your, your local host as well. Um, and just don't miss it because you will have FOMO. You don't want to see uh, the production value that Michael and, and my guy Chris uh, is going to put together for this thing. It's it's going to be insane. And probably most importantly, it's under $400. I can't remember the exact price. It's like $387, $399, something like that. But super early bird tickets, we've allocated 30% of those tickets to be under $400 because Michael and I want to make it affordable. We're not here to get rich off of this. We're here to educate you and put on the, the best fucking event this industry has ever seen. 100%. 100%. So seriously, guys, this isn't like some – we're good here. We're good. We're all adults. But, again, this isn't like some marketing thing. or what, Like, I'm serious. Like, they're going to go fast. Like, very fast. So I'd highly encourage you guys to get in at the super early bird price because they're going to go up as soon as we hit the 300 tickets. So if you're going to go, just just say yes. Grab your tickets, go get your hotels, and then I'm super pumped to hang out, meet a bunch of you guys down in Nashville, June 6th through 8th. It's going to be absolutely epic. Like, absolutely. I'm, I cannot express, like, how excited I am about this. Like, when I went down there, I was like, this venue and what we've got lined up is going to be unreal. Like, literally. So. Michael, we've been on this podcast for an hour and nine minutes. So let's just call it an hour. 11 tickets were sold. No marketing, no nothing, just from our, our masterminds. So that's 11 tickets, 10 tickets an hour, we'll call it, right? So I, I'm not a big fan of like urgency and scarcity because um, a lot of times it's BS when people use it. This is going to be real, as E said, when TJ and Michael and my 20,000 person Facebook group and TJ's 35,000 Instagram followers and Julie George's reach and Stacy's and Nobles and they all get that stuff out and you're going to see it flood um, you've already seen it flood by the time you're watching this. Get your super early birds while you can because we want to see you here at the lowest price available. Yeah. And Love if it. you like anything we've ever talked about on this podcast or on Clubhouse, imagine how fired up we're going to get with each other at an event. Me and me not be drinking, so it's going to be fun and it's going to be unfiltered. And it's literally like, I mean, guys, you don't have to come. We'll, we'll be there. We're going to have a blast. You should be there. Uh, and again, if you liked our show, this is your chance to come and, and hang out and, and just actually like let us let us 
let us serve you. Let us pour into you so you guys can can just blow it up. And I think one thing we didn't talk about, Michael, is even the networking opportunities. The structure of the conference is designed so you can network and we will have some networking, not even just opportunities, uh, but strategy. That's, you know, Southern for strategy uh, in place <laughs> for you. And on the second night, we're going to have a dedicated networking event once the conference is done. Uh, with an open bar, with this type of stuff in the venue right next door to us, uh, which we typically don't get at conferences, um, you know, that we go to inside and outside of this industry. So um, we've thought hopefully not of everything, but, you know, most of the stuff and it's going to be kick-ass. There's no question. So I hope you, hopefully, hopefully you come to Music City. I want to show you my town. I love it. I love it. Well, Bill, thank you again, as always, for coming on here, sharing your knowledge. Super excited to do this event with you down there and uh, looking forward to seeing everybody down there. So again, guys, go to strwealthconference.com, grab your tickets, have an awesome week. And we'll talk to you guys soon. Hey, STR Nation, if you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to hit that subscribe button and leave us a review. And in the comments, let us know what topics you want us to cover on upcoming episodes, and we'll make sure to get that in the books for you. And if you really want to learn how to launch, automate, and scale your short-term rental business, if you want to go deeper, then check out our free masterclass at strsecrets.com.